we made it back for another episode of Wozcast, <laughs> which is pretty much a miracle because it's the it's the the little podcast that could <laughs> in terms of like it gets there eventually, but it um it it gets a little bit neglected. Yeah, it's it, it, it's very hard to drink uh, whiskey constantly. Uh I don't. I disagree with that statement. Well, you, you, you do drink whiskey a lot. You just forget to put the mics on first. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. So true. And you know, sometimes you just want something specific to talk about. And um, you know, it being World Whiskey Day today on you know Saturday the sixteenth of May, mm-hmm. I thought, what better day to get stuck in and and do a bit of a recording? Plus. I was given some birthday drams. Were you now? I was. Um, I was given a lovely bottle of The Botanist, mm-hmm. which is in like a pack that's got a planter as well. And that's like hashtag be the botanist. <laughs> so it's got this planter that um, you put some soil in this little cup thing that sits on top of it and water in the bottom. And um, obviously some seeds or a little seedling mm-hmm. um, of some herbs. And you can grow some some herbs for your for your lovely cocktails that you might make from the botanist. Ah. So, yes. Is it is there like a wick that goes into the water? That- yeah, draws the yeah. water up into the soil. Yeah. Ah. I missed that step, didn't I? Very clever. But it's, it's, it's very clever and um, it's so clever that my mum, we got her one for Christmas, was mm-hmm. it? Um, she worked out how to make her own because she couldn't find any of these planters, but um, our dear friend Alex, he managed to find one for me, and I was chuffed. Mm. Um, and of course, the botanist being the whiskey that's um, distilled out gin. at Bro- sorry, the <laughs> gin that's distilled out um, with our good whiskey friends um, from Brook Laddie. Mm. And um, I think we were there when they just installed the still. I'm pretty sure back yes. in 2011. Mm. Um, so we were pretty lucky to get it when it was in the old school square bottles. Actually, I just noticed that uh, Eugene gave us like a Brooklady uh, birthday this year because I got the Brooklady Laddie uh, pack. Oh, and, the Laddie Classic, yeah. yeah. And you got the botanist. So we both got something from Brooklady. Yeah, it's so true. Um, I was actually thinking with the bottles of Brooklady because they've, they've got that raised profile on them. Mm-hmm. It would be kind of cool to run it over like a run- rolling pin. You know how you can get like those... Um, rolling pins that have got indentations in them yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you run your rolling pin over the cookie dough before you cut it. Mm-hmm. Like you could probably do that with the botanist, make some gin cookies. Gin cookies. Gin cookies. <laughs> We're not here to talk about gin today. We're talking about more serious matters <laughs> and um, and that serious matter is Lefroig. It is Lefroig. Now you're an owner at Lefroig. I am. I, I have my little <laughs> plot of land. Um that was quite a story in itself. Um, I, think I think I've owned a, a bit of the land as well, actually. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you, you've got you've got your own plot. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Um, oh, you do, of course, because we went and visited them. I'll have to dig those photos up now. Um, and of course, my cousin Hamish, he's got a plot of land there, and I went and visited his plot and um, and collected his rent on his behalf. Which was like, they were so good about it. Cause I was like, dude's got like two kids. He isn't getting here anytime <laughs> soon. And like, oh, go on then. And so collected his dram on his behalf and, um, and then got it shipped over to him. So that was quite cool. Cause he's, um, not in the same state as us. And yeah, it was really neat. And I, um, and I stepped in a bog yep. with my foot because my, my gum boot got stuck. You left your muddy welly behind. Yep. Yep. Well, I didn't. I retrieved it, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a it was a choice between falling backwards onto my backside, or stepping out of the 
like just continuing my motion mm. and stepping forward and just letting my foot just like slip out of the boot and foot goes into bog. But you continued I had on. bog sock. You had bog sock. We continued on after that to another distillery afterwards. I think, we, I think we went to Lake of Allen after that. Yeah. 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 Oh, and Ardbeg. Yeah. Because we were on, yeah, we went right around that side of the island. That's true. I think we went to Ardbeg next and then Lake of Allen after that. But, um, yeah. Oh, gosh, that place is a whiskey wonderland. <laughs> like, why would you ever need to go to Disney when there's places like this? <laughs> I do, I really, I'm, like, I'm so torn as to what to do for the big 4-0 next year. But in the meantime, <laughs> while I'm um, pondering that, you but got the, me. A- we, we should really uh, point out about the, uh, the the owning a bit of land there thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like uh, if you're uh, – do, do you do it online or can you – Yeah, you do it online. Yeah. So um, when when I pop this bad boy open, I'll, um, I'll be able to give you some more details. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, for my birthday, got me a bottle of – the quarter cask. And you're like, oh, I'm really sorry. I really wanted to get you the Lefroig 18-year-old, but I couldn't find any. I'm like, actually, I think there's enough for probably two drams left in the bottle that we bought. How long ago? That must be... Oh, because that was when the uh, liquor shed opened. Yeah. And they didn't price, know what the price was. Yeah, were. and so it was very reasonable. Yeah. Um, But they only had one bottle left on the shelf. I think I've told that story mm. before. Um. And so that dram's been sat in that bottle just waiting for us mm-hmm. and, and now seems like the right time. Um, but before we get stuck into that, I thought that we'd open up the quarter cask, which you've actually um, – you've bought for me before. Yes. For our sixth wedding anniversary ah. because I think six was wood yeah. in the traditional gifts. And so you're just like, oh, yeah, that'll do. That'll do just nicely because um, there was something about wood on the on the writing on the um, canister, so you thought it was very appropriate. But, yeah, so when I open up this bottle of Laphroaig, as you get when you open up any bottle of Laphroaig, there's a little slip inside and you um, get your little passport and either you add your um, you add your code on. Well, maybe they've changed it. Where's my code? Where's my code? Um. Because you used to get points for every bottle that you that you bought, oh. as well as so. Oh yeah, there's my code. Um, so you either log on and um start a plot, or you log on and add your points to your account. So yes, um, yeah. So that's very nice. I shall be adding my points to my account because they're not going to yours. Mm-hmm. Um. And then when when you go to uh, visit Lefroig, uh on Isla, um, you can... Uh- so the idea is that you get um, a map as to where to start from and you're given like how many how many feet in mm. and you take size 12 welly boots because they're 12 inches long, one foot, yeah. and um, that's why my foot fell out of my boots basically. Um, and... So you go and you sort of pace out where your plot is and, and you can take little flags yeah. and, and sit there and have a photo with it. And, yeah, it's kind of cool. So you when you're driving past all these um, peat bogs, you've got all of these flags from all different nationalities from people that have gone to visit. And, of course, you get the um, the little miniature bottle mm. of Laphroaig as well. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It is really neat. Yeah. I think um, – and a certificate? I can't remember. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, so yes, so this one is my consolation whiskey, but it didn't matter because I already had an 18 year old in the cupboard. Eh. 
Oh, that was a tough one. Um, and today, unfortunately, discovered that we don't have any Lafroy glasses. Of like seriously, mm. like of all the glasses not to have. That's because you decided to get the Lafroy water jug instead of getting the yeah, glasses. Yeah, yeah, I realised that now. But I was just like, yeah. really? So we're gonna um we're gonna have this one from another Isle of Fre- favorite of ours. Wow, that's a big pull. Yeah, I might split that. <laughs> um, another Isle of favorite of ours, which is Bowmore, where we stayed last yeah. time. So we did, which is awesome. So Cap's now, uh, she's. God, it still looks big even when you well, like, pour think, it out. I think it's the glasses because yeah, the the magnified the fairly, or something. Yeah, they're narrow at the bottom. Well, <laughs> so cheers, cheers. I kind of like these. I quite Ooh. like these glasses because they look like thistles. Yeah. The shape of them, like with the. I'll take a photo later. Well, that is that is um that's that's very nice. And now I've got to preface this by um saying that uh, on Isla, a lot of the whiskies there because of um the peat bogs and stuff like that, they tend to uh, smoke the 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 uh, the grain the the barley, mm. so it gets a bit of a, a peaty smoky taste in the whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lafroig is is well known for for making very you know smoky whiskies. Oh yeah. Um, traditionally, I don't like to drink a lot of. Um, I wouldn't have a session on on uh, like an Isla smoky whiskey because it's just really it's too too much. It's just a, the the, the um, it's just the smokiness. The smokiness too much, but this is quite nice. Like this is quite a nice balance of between sweet and smoky. Well, I think that that was pretty much achieved through all this um, this quarter cask thing because obviously the quarter casks are a bit um, uh, smaller, and so that they're a bit smaller, mm-hmm. and you're going to get more whiskey to wood contact. And so it's going to mellow out that smokiness mm, mm. and probably give it those that slighter, slightly sweeter tone. Yeah, yeah. So um, very, very cleverly um, made. Yeah, there you go. The finish is long and alternates between the sweetness and smoke because mm. it's got the ex bourbon barrels that it's it, that it's done in. But it's oh, quite nice. Hmm. It's it's just a nice. Yeah, a, n- a nice regular that yeah, they put out. I think if you want to to try a smoky whiskey, mm. but you don't want to go too full on, it's mm-hmm. a good good one to do that with. Yeah, I think because it's got that slight sweetness to mm. it. Oh, it's just really delicious. It doesn't have as much of that medicinal kind of feel as uh, like your Lagavulin. Mm. It's got a little bit less of that iodine kind of. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's got a hint, yeah. but not as not as um, pronounced. It's certainly not the kind of whiskey I would give to someone who is just first getting into drinking whiskeys. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you like? You pretty much start with your like maybe your Glenlivet's, like some of those, like the like the French oak and stuff. Mm. Well, Glenmorangie is always my my go to for people oh, who haven't, good idea. haven't uh, had a lot of um, experience with whiskey, or even Monkey Shoulder. Um, I'd suggest Monkey Shoulder is a good good starting place as well. And price wise, it's a, certainly a yeah. A I guess like budget wise, mm. but I think if you want to start drinking single malts, probably Glenmorangie is not a bad place to mm. start. I don't think that Glenlivet's a bad place to start either. 
either. Yeah, well, one of the first, like, that was one of the first stories we went to was Glenlivet, and it was, uh, mm. I think you were a bit snobby against it, thinking it was a mass mass produced thing beforehand. Wasn't I wouldn't say snobby. It just wasn't on my list because it is so readily available. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, what's the point of going there? Um, and yeah, I probably did assume because they're quite a big distillery. Um, but when you compare when you compare Glenlivet to Glenfiddich, it's it's completely like apples and oranges. Like mm. I expected um, the latter to be the more uh, family friendly, nice, but it was actually Glenlivet that was the one that was really family friendly. Yeah. Not what family friendly, no. but like they they were like you know one big happy family in yeah. there, and and they were really easy to get on mm. with, and they did a really good tour. We learnt so much in that time, that short time that we were there, and yeah, it was a great place to start. I think we'd been to Dalwinnie on our way up from Edinburgh to, um, or it was probably from Dundee yeah. up to Inverness. So um, we had been to one before, but I think that Glenlivet gave us that really nice experience. Mm. It was big in terms of what its production does, but it was um, tightly knit in terms of how they how they operate. Yeah, Dalwinnie was tiny, I remember, as well. Like, it was, yeah, yeah, it was fairly small, I guess. Um I guess because it's in the middle of nowhere, so it's mm. got that amazing sense of space as well around it. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's one of those ones where you can't you can't necessarily judge what it's going to be like before you get there. Mm. Like you can't go, oh, I know this brand because you don't <laughs> until you like rock up and meet the people. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was sort of a bit of an eye opener and a bit of a lesson for us, I think, at that point, or well, definitely for me. Yeah, no, very, very true. Weren't you going to uh, link this show to The Good Place in some way? I was. I was just getting there. Ah. Uh, but that's okay. Um, so, I mean, like, uh, with this whole isolation thing and everything like that, um, you know, it's I'm pretty grateful to be living in Western Australia. I think that's pretty cool. It kind of sucks because... I would have liked to have gone to a nice bar like Helvetica and and had a couple of drams there rather than having drams at home. That's Helvetica uh, in Perth is, is mm-hmm. probably one of the bars that uh, we better off. Uh, well, they can open up next week uh, with a maximum of twenty people in mm-hmm. the bar, mm-hmm. but because. We've actually had a lot of small bars open up in Perth in the last probably five years. True. Um, so it, it's kind of good that uh, th- those places will be able to uh, open up and almost be fully operational, if uh, I can use a Death Star um, quote. Um, so, yeah, it, it's uh, yeah Helvetica, I think, next week would be a place that you could certainly go and, and check them out. It makes me wonder how a lot of these places, because bars can reopen, but only having 20 people in there. So uh, bars can only open and- if they serve food. Yeah, they have ah, to serve food. Nice. So um, if they're serving like meals, like even toasted sandwiches mm. or something, I'd imagine they'd be able to get around that. So I'll be bang up for that. Like toasty, I had one this morning. <laughs> That's nice, mm. dear. Um, so, yeah, I don't even think that we've said who we are. Oh, we haven't? No. No. We ma- <laughs> it's turned into an episode of Tangent City. So, of course, you're listening to Wozcast, um, but um, I'm Catherine. And I'm Lewis. I'm going to blow my nose, so I'm just going to get Cap to mute my microphone for a second. So Lovely. 
And I'm the one who um, dragged you kicking and screaming to Scotland and, and got you hooked on whiskey. You didn't drag me kicking and screaming <laughs> to Scotland. I, I, you wanted to go there. To go you just there. didn't necessarily yeah. want to drink whiskey. I wanted to go there for the uh, Edinburgh Fringe Festival uh, yeah. to experience that. And, uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, awesome time of year. I mean, I don't think there's going to be an Edinburgh Fringe this year, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, in, in future years when we can travel again, you should definitely get to the, the festival because it's just – like we've been to Melbourne Comedy Festival, we've been so to so immersive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was it was really really good, mm-hmm. and we've obviously got a great Fringe Festival here in, in WA as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival it's it's a weird city, like on different levels and stuff like that, mm. and. Yeah, trying to walk to some venues and you're like, you realize that you, if you could jump off this bridge, yeah. <laughs> you'd be right down at the street that you need to be on. But then you've got to walk a kilometer to get down there. Yeah, so. yeah. But yeah, and uh, yeah, if you do go to Edinburgh, though, uh, I would recommend spending a bit of time on the uh, the stepper in the gym because uh, you will be going up and down a lot of stairs. Oh, yeah, as, as um, like pre-trip planning, mm. um, training. Yeah, definitely. Good yeah. idea. Um, but yeah, you're right. I was going to link this into The Good Place because, like I said, really grateful to be living in WA um, during the lockdown stuff and you know would like to be going out to bars and things but um our government is sensible enough to say no no bars for you Catherine. come on lushy get out of the bar <laughs> come on go on no. on your bike i don't know, don't go on your bike you're drunk <laughs> walk yeah walk exactly and even then it's questionable but one of the things that we have been doing is a lot of walking and with a lot of walking has come a lot of podcast listening and I was scrolling through my podcast. I was at a bit of a loss as to what to listen to because I'd sort of caught up on a couple of favourites, oh, including um, Alice's Magical – is it called – just called Alice's Magical Podcast? Uh, 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 I'll have to look it up. Um, yes, it is. It's called Alice's Magical Podcast um, where – our friends from the um, the After Dark Network, um, so Nick's daughter, Alice, um, actually one of the best episodes of Dis After Dark when it was called that. What's the new name? Um, I'm at a bit of a loss. Uh, it's um, Disney Parks and Beyond. Yeah. Um, so they did an episode, I think it was about a year ago, might have been a little bit longer, where um, Alice went through and she read the poem – that a nightmare before Christmas was based on. Wasn't and, it at Christmas time? Uh, yeah. yeah, was it Christmas time this year? Pretty or was sure, it yeah. the previous year? I thought it was about a year yeah. ago for some reason. Yeah. And there was something just absolutely endearing about it. Um, she was about five at the time, and um, it was it was absolutely lovely. But what's even more lovely is that she's now got her own podcast <laughs> where she reviews books, and like I've never known a kid to be just such a like and have an amazing appetite for reading books and it's really neat and um and you should go check it out just go check it out it's absolutely lovely um so i've been listening to a bit of that um but i'd run out of podcasts and for some reason or other you know how it sort of comes up um in your library um the podcasts that have got new episodes Mm -hmm. that have bump up the top and I was scrolling through and The Good Place, the podcast, was on there. I was like, what? That's weird. And they had an episode a while back, but I thought it was just a one-and-done bonus episode. And it was a very sweet episode. And then I was just like, oh, no, there's not one, but two episodes. And so they've continued doing these um, these bonus episodes. But by way of explanation, we started watching The Good Place 
from when it started dropping on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And it was coming out like episodic, um, sorry, not episodically, like kind of like appointment TV mm-hmm. just about, wasn't it for us? Yeah. What do you think the last show was that we watched as appointment TV? Do you reckon that was probably like Buffy and Angel? Oh, you mean uh, like- uh, Back in the days of like actually plugging your TV into the aerial <laughs> and- I, I'm not sure. Like, uh, it might it might have been, um, but a lot of the stuff we would generally watch like became uh, DVDs and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's not uh, it's not really like there's much stuff that we used because TV went through an odd phase of a lot of reality stuff. And yeah, but um, like with appointment TV, like yeah. the last stuff that I can remember watching as like okay, we'll sit down at seven thirty on a Tuesday and watch well, the show well. was probably. Buffy and Angel. Well, I mean, uh, you could argue that uh, we were doing that with Game of Thrones to the point where um, we made sure we watched it. I know that now, <laughs> yeah. but back in the day when it was actually, you only had the option to watch it at that time. Well, yeah, definitely Buffy and Angel because, I mean, I remember like taping taping that stuff and having to, you know, stay awake because it wasn't till like 9 or 10 o'clock at night. I think it got a better later. time slot as mm. time went on, yeah. Um, anyway, so every week it would drop on a Friday for us. Mm. And so every week we'd finish work and then get home and just go, can we watch The Good Place now? And then I think it was probably just after season two commenced, I discovered that there wasn't just The Good Place. There was The Good Place, the podcast. Mm. And it's hosted by Mark Evan Jackson, who who is Sean the Demon Demon in the show – and he does such a wonderful job of hosting this podcast. Like for someone who plays such a tyrant of a character um, in the show, he just does such a good job of hosting a podcast and just making it feel so warm and comfortable. And and I mean, he gets to interview Ted Danson for goodness sake. And the way that they went through each episode – um, I sort of quickly went through all of the season one stuff and really enjoyed listening to that sort of en masse. But um, it was really cool when I'd caught up and could watch an episode of the show mm. and then the next day listen to an episode of – because generally speaking on a Saturday we'd end up at the gym or doing something mm. like that. And so I could listen to The Good Place, the podcast. And when we went into lockdown <laughs> – I said to Lewis, well, I can't remember at what point it was, but it was when it was starting to get pretty serious and we're like, right, okay, we don't know what this is going to mean for us and how much free time we're going to have. But um, worst case scenario, we start rewatching The Good Place. And Lewis is like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I was like, oh, my goodness, no, we could actually watch The Good Place and then listen to the episode of The Good Place, the podcast. And... You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, no way. We've got a podcast network. We should make a new podcast called The Good Place, The Podcast, (laughs) The Podcast, (laughs) because I thought that would be hilarious. Um, But instead, we're doing this episode (laughs) because, as it so turns out, your work has been fairly steady Mm -hmm. and mine has been, shall we say, hectic? Yeah, we'll go with hectic as a as a as a um, as a word for that because it's. I didn't expect it to be like that. I thought I was going to have a lot of free time. I thought I was going to be able to sort out some of my filing and do a few things like that. Nope, nope, nope. 
no time, no free time for me. So how does this relate back to whiskey? How does this relate <laughs> back to whiskey? Oh, sorry. Um, in a couple of the episodes, um, Mark Evan Jackson has actually indicated that he's a bit of a fan of the whiskey. Oh, I see. So, so that's pretty cool. But I just think that, I mean, the show and how it actually relates back is just like the feels of today because the world is this like crazy place, but we get to sit at home and record a podcast about whiskey on World Whiskey Day. And it just felt like an appropriate time to be like grateful for stuff. And that was one of the things in the podcast is that they talk about what's good mm, and mm. um that that's what i mean about like the way that they create this sort of the space of it being quite warm and uh, like a caring environment but without being cheesy mm, it doesn't mm. feel like it's a one of those you know inspirational posters it actually feels like it's a genuine feeling so no? it's, not, it's not like a cat like hanging off something with like hanging hang in there, there. <laughs> oh gosh how long since you've seen that particular <laughs> image <laughs> i actually looked for one the other day and i couldn't find it but i wasn't looking particularly yeah, yeah, hard yeah. i was looking for a gif and i guess it's probably too old to be gift mm. and now i'm going to reopen the debate of whether it's gif or jif <laughs> but anyone who's had bathroom cleaner in australia or new zealand knows that jif is a bathroom product spelt with a J and GIF is spelt with a G. It's a GIF, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm wrong. Well, with. That, that argument's now solved. <laughs> For all eternity. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting to say as well, Whiskey Day, because we've been to uh, whiskey distilleries in um, different parts of the world, because we've been to Scotland, mm. Japan, mm-hmm. Ireland, and Australia. Yes, that's so. true. Um, I've got a very good Australian distillery that I go get my coffee at when mm. I'm at work. Um, Whippersnapper Distillery. Yes, that's right. It's very close to you. Oh, do you know what they're doing? That's actually pretty interesting because um, obviously pubs haven't been open, but there's been kegs of beer sitting around. They are going to – they've um, bought up some of the kegs – and they're going to distill whiskey from it. So it doesn't go to waste for one. Oh, interesting. And it also means that the pubs can make some of their money back as well. Because you've often asked that question, like, because the you distill whiskey from a crude beer called mm-hmm. Wash. Mm-hmm. And you've often asked the question, what would it be like if you um, had a fully formed beer and then distilled the whiskey from that. And I think that they do do that. Like they do some IPA versions. But I was actually thinking specifically at the time we were drinking a, a fair amount of like the flavoured beers from Belgium. Mm, mm. So I was thinking like your Bellevue Creek and those kind of beers. Um, I was thinking, wow, like what would it taste like if you distilled some cherry beer? Uh, what sort of flavour elements would end up remaining when you distill it. Mm, mm. So, yeah, I've always been curious about that. Um, like I said, there are some IPA um, versions out there and um, they're worth checking out. But um, I think that Whippersnapper might actually do one that's an IPA one, but I don't know how big a bottling they did or whether they just did it as a experimental. They mm. Sometimes they just do little batches. So, yes, um, I thought that was quite quite neat that they were doing that because one it kind of like helps out the community um you know the pub community mm-hmm. um but it also um means that there's a whole lot of beer not going to waste yeah, yeah. which um you know i guess it would just be poured down the drain quite literally which is sad yeah but that, that's good i'm glad to hear that the beer is going to have a second life <laughs> it is as whiskey <laughs> Speaking of second things mm-hmm. are you ready to try the 18 year old yes, yes i am Could do a bit of compare and contrast 
Um, so you've already told the story about how we managed to get this bargain bottle. Yeah. Um, that cork's fairly dry. Oh, I'd laugh if there's no booze left in it. <laughs> oh. We it, shall shortly find out. Is that possible you could lose all the, the alcohol but just have have the li- liquid left? Well, I wouldn't have thought so because it's so – it would be very dark if that happened. Yeah. Someone's um, mowing their lawn. How exciting for them. Should I kill it? No. How much is left? Um, about that much. Probably yeah, a okay. Yeah, go on. Go kill on. it? Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you just lose the angel share anyway, so. So, it doesn't look as dark as a quarter cast, does it? No. Which is interesting mm. on its own. I'm trying to pour it fairly. It's like, you know, when you're pouring lemonade as a kid. I'll have to lick that bit of the table where I just dropped a drop. <sighs> Quite literally. Um, I guess because that's the effect of the, mm-hmm. the quarter cask is that it um it sits really heavily on the wood. Um, do you want to... Hey. That's weird. There's no... I can't taste any smoke in that at all. It's definitely not as smoky. Definitely got that chocolatey character, mm. hey? Mm. Oh. We did a tasting when we went there, didn't can I look we? At the bottle? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. After I have a look at it. <laughs> um, but. Num, num, num. Yeah, it's got a bit of peatiness to it, but it's that chocolatey richness that it's got. That's. I'd forgotten about that. What a delicious little tram. <laughs> so we did a tasting, if I'm not wrong i'm sure it was lefroig where we went through and we tried a whole lot of not a whole lot of i think we tried four different expressions and with each was served a different food item i think there was some blue cheese with one i think the quarter cask might have been um some dried orange and with the 18 year old it was Cheese, orange. Um, with the eighteen-year-old, it was chocolate-coated coffee beans, mm. which, like, you could see. But we're not allowed to eat coffee beans on the podcast anymore yeah. after that incident with Tony. <laughs> there, it's it, yeah, it's um, it's it's an interesting dram because I, I honestly was expecting it to be a lot smokier than the quarter cask, but uh, I think it's it's not as uh, nowhere near as smoky as that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's inter- it's got here um, enjoy neat or with a splash of water, and it's uh, it's interesting because the Scots are very particular about the way that you drink uh, whiskey. In that it's- everyone should be particular yeah. about the way you drink whiskey. In that they they prefer it to be neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll if uh, you need to put something in it, they recommend a few drops of water, mm. um, and that uh, to open up the, the the flavors within the whiskey is the, is a the theory behind that. Mm. Um, but then, uh, yeah. and it does. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. And then uh, you know, if you go to uh, Ireland, uh, we did a, a tour of the Jamison Distillery there, <laughs> um, and then we got to the end of the tour, and there was all these uh, glasses of um, uh, whiskey that were mixed with all different mixes, and it's like, how do you like your Jamisons? And it's a real clear distinction between uh, Irish whiskey and Scottish whiskey. Yeah, um, yeah. Even the the process of um, mm. making it as well, um, very different, yeah. very different take on the on the process. Yeah, um, it's 
and it's and it's quite a different product at the end of it. I think that well, my take on it is that that Scotch single malts are a very refined uh, product mm. in terms of, and it makes sense because of the way that they just take the heart out of the distillation. They don't use. Um, the head and the tail. Yeah. So it makes sense that it is a more refined product. Like they're just taking the best bit out of the middle. They're not worrying about the bits that are too high in ethanols and too low in any alcohol mm-hmm. content whatsoever. And I know that it sort of all um, sort of measures out in the end in terms of the alcohol content, but in terms of the actual flavour and, and just the purity mm-hmm. of it, it just – I might be wrong. Maybe it's just – like one of those psychosomatic things, but that's how it feels to me. And seeing the uh, the, the spirit safe as well is kind of cool. Yeah, like it is. Yeah, that's really awesome. When you see the the um, uh, liquids pouring out and going down either one hole or another. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, I did actually um, pull out my little um, friends of the Freud slip, and um, so the things that you can do with your friend um, when you become a friend is that you can find the exact location of your plot. You can download your plot certificate, um, friends of Lefroy business card and tasting pack. Um, you can send messages to your next door neighbors. That's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, there's a chat forum. And so you can share stories and recipes. You can post photographs They've got charity auctions that they do, so you can bid in those. Um, there's some competitions that they run, and um, there's upcoming event notifications as well that are preferenced out through the Friends of Lafroig first. And you can create your own virtual whiskey cabinet. And, of course, there's the Friends of Lafroig um, merchandise that's available. So that's pretty cool. Ooh. So I'll have to jump online and, and put my little code in. So out of the two, the uh, quarter cask and the 18-year-old... <sighs> Which uh, do you prefer? Um, do you know what? They're so different. I think they're probably both very different drinking experiences. Um, with the uh, with the 18-year-old, I'd have that with dessert. Yeah. Um, and probably, you know, just have something like, even just like, you know how Sue Lewis does the bark chocolate, which is just very, very thin, um, but quite wide squares of chocolate. And you buy it in a little bag. Mm-hmm. And there's different flavours and stuff, of course. But even just like one of the single origins that she does as well. Just sitting there with a glass of this and a little bit of really good quality dark chocolate. I couldn't think of anything better for dessert. But the quarter cask, like I could just drink. I mean, I could drink the 18-year-old on its own. <laughs> but I think it goes really well with that dessert. Um, the quarter cask is probably something... I could see myself drinking a little bit later in the night mm-hmm. and um, just sort of sitting down, having that bit of a chill out and a, and a glass of whiskey. Yeah. What are you, what's your take on it? Uh, yeah, I like them both. I, I do like the 18-year-old uh, more. Mm. Um, I just think that the, the flavours are more appealing to me. Um, but, yeah, I think they're both great well-made whiskies. Mm. But, um, yeah, definitely the Lafroy 18-year-old, which is um, a shame that it's so much harder to get a hold of because um, <laughs> it is made in a lot, a lot more limited edition, which is why it's a much more expensive um, whiskey to get a hold of. What's the alcohol content on the 18-year-old? Uh, it is 48%. Oh, yeah. It's the same for the quarter cask as well. 
I forgot that it said that bit on the um, on the um, labeling. It says um, uh, using small quarter casts from a bygone era to create the perfect marriage of peat and oak. <laughs> <laughs> I think that you pointed that out on the on the cast uh, on the little box the that you gave marriage. me. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> How many years are we up to now uh, of marriage? Yeah, it's uh, a few more, isn't it? Would it? Be fourteen years. No. Because we were married in 2006, it's now 2020. Yeah, yeah, right. 14. Mm. Wow. What's, what's, you missed out? What, what was the, what's the traditional gift this year? What's that? There was no traditional gift this year. No. You, you've lost your, <laughs> you lost your brownie points there, sir. What was it supposed to have been? If it was whiskey, you know, you're going to get even less <laughs> points. I've no, no idea what the, uh, the traditional gift was. Um, so it's uh, yeah, because it was the eleventh of March. Um, well, that's not going to make any difference to the no, no, like the saying, traditional wedding gift. I'm just saying in case anyone wants to send us a wedding gift next year. Yeah, accepting drams. <laughs> Absolutely, um, I just couldn't think of a better gift really for a wedding anniversary. Yeah. I reckon you could probably work your way through and tie. Um, tie in the traditional gifts to each of the, each of the like a different bottle of whiskey, yeah. like because I'm sure there's one that says like if it was silk, mm. like a silky feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it'd be fa- fairly easy to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is it for fourteen? Um, I'm trying to find it, and you're putting a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> um, oh man, are you serious? So fourteen traditionally was. Um, gold jewelry um, is the modern, but ivory. Oh, is what? The, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that you skipped that one. Good one to skip. Yeah. Um, very proud of you. Um, but next year, I guess I'm getting some more whiskey glasses because it's crystal. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm quite happy with that. Um, I would have preferred to have made a whole podcast series on the good place, the podcast, the podcast. But you know. <laughs> At least you put it out there. If we get locked down with the second wave, (laughs) that's what we're going to be doing. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) All right. um, We'll catch you next time. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Gentlemen of Pop Culture.